Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Vicarious Living, welcome back. Welcome back to the kids. Hello, kids. Hello, kids. Hello, Pat. Hello, Brian. We are back, and boy, are we doing a course correct. That was a little different. It was a little different in such a good way, though. I, You know, I don't even want to say it's in a good way. It's kind of like, you love your dad, but your parents get divorced. Okay. And then your mom starts dating this guy named Todd. Right. And he comes around and he's buying you tons of gifts because he's trying to impress you. Right. You're going to think Todd's pretty fucking cool. But that's not to say that you don't love your dad. It's just the new the new toy. The new Todd. The new Todd toy. Yeah, I feel like we've been playing with our new toy. We busted it out of the package and it was pretty sweet. Yeah, and Todd gave it to us. But Todd's only trying to buy his way in. But you know what? We don't even care that Todd's trying to buy his way in because we just love that toy. Come on in, Todd. Be my new dad. So you know who Todd is? Friday Night Lights. Yeah. I feel feel like we should have probably mentioned that. But yes, Todd in this metaphor is the show Friday Night Lights. We're no longer doing the OC. We've moved on. But it's not to say we don't love the OC. That, let's let's just say, kids... We wouldn't want you thinking that the OC is not our first love. That's what got us hooked. Yep. I mean, we now are professionals. We are young professionals with a budding podcast liked by big A-list celebrities like Tate D. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, like we're out of our puppy love stage. We'll always really have strong emotions for the OC. That's obvious. But now we're dating a new girl. This girl's a little more sophisticated. Yep. You know. This is the girl you bring home to mom. Exactly. And that girl that you bring home to mom is Friday Night Lights. We're we are. In. We're in. We're. God, we're in. Like, as soon as we pulled it up on Hulu, we saw the characters doing a cool pose, like, cool pose on the football field, and we were just like, oh, God, I don't damn, I miss these people. I've been jotting some things down. I don't think I have one critical note of that pilot. Bullshitting, <laughs> bullshitting around enough. We have officially, the Vicarious Living Podcast has officially moved on to Friday Night Lights. It's not to say that we will never go back to the OC. We might get drunk one night and go hook up with the OC when we're drunk and do all of season three. I wouldn't put it past us. But right now, we that got a zest. pretty naughty. It sounds pretty naughty, but we do have we have to zag. So kids, we're zagging. We are getting into Friday Night Lights, high quality. What we want to do, and we didn't do this on the OC when we first launched, is we want to give context and background for everything going on in this show, mainly the characters. So Pat's got a list of characters. We're going to outline all these characters first, and then we're going to dive into episode one. This podcast is all about the pilot episode, episode one of Friday Night Lights, called Pilot. (laughs) Okay, so we're doing the pilot episode. Pat, kick us off with the cast. Who do we need to get familiar to? 
All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna set them in the context of the scene where they first appear. So we'll kind of give you guys a list of these characters, but this will help ground you a little bit. Um, so the first scene is uh, Saracen, Matt Saracen, and his best friend Landry driving in a car. Saracen is the backup quarterback. He is what we say his height was five eight uh, around there. Five. He's he's not he's not QB one. He's not big. You know. He looks like a sophomore. Everything about him says he's a sophomore. He's a sophomore in high school. He's the backup quarterback, and he's just kind of like floating around. So in this town of Dillon, Texas, fuck the high school football is huge, and I know that's true because I worked with a guy who was who lives in Texas, and he now lives in Dallas, and he was telling me he's like. Dude, that show, I was asking him about it because obviously if I meet anyone from Texas, the first thing I do is I say, hey, what's up? Is Friday Night Lights true as fuck? And they're always like, yes. He's like, it's high school football here in Texas is bigger than anything else. It's bigger than college. It's bigger than pros. And while the pros and stuff is still huge there, high school football there is the biggest fucking shit. I would love that. And it's such a good backdrop for this show because the kids are in high school and they're also simultaneously celebrities in their town while they're playing. They're so, yeah, it's like, it's God, kind of cool. There was this show on um, MTV. It was called Two A Days and it came out in like 2006 range, 2007, 2008, somewhere in there. And I think it was their version of Laguna Beach to the OC. That was two a days was the Laguna Beach to Friday oh, Night Lights. Oh, the reality Lights. version of Friday yeah. Night Lights. I remember that show. Did they it was like, good. Did they have black and orange uniforms. In my yeah, Friday yeah, Night? yeah, yeah. And it it was crazy because it followed all these high school seniors in in Texas. And yes, they're celebrities in their little small towns in Texas. And then they went back and did a season two. And they were doing, so then they were doing all the seniors in the high school at the time who were juniors in the previous year. But then they still checked in with the kids who were seniors the prior year and what they're up to after high school. Anything big? No, most of them had a kid like out of wedlock, just got a girl pregnant and were just living in some small ass like fucking 1200 square foot janked up house and just like didn't go to college or anything. And this is the rest of their life now. It was sad as fuck. Well, there is so in the in this show there is a bit of desperation about the town because you can tell <clears throat> the biggest thing about their lives is high school football, which in and of itself is a little sad, but for our main characters it's awesome because everybody like even the parents in the show kind of look up to all the kids. Yeah. It's like, "Oh, he's he's QB1." Huh. Hero. Oh my. Oh, you you saw QB1 today? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, and they even do that thing where like all the young kids look up to them too, like they're meeting fucking Brad Pitt. Exactly. So I feel like for me, it adds a lot of gravitas to the to all the characters and everything that they're doing. It adds a lot. Okay, um, so Saracen, he's a backup. He's I will say we we let's table Saracen for a second because I want to bring intern Whitney in in a sec because uh, there's there's a little difference between how guys feel about Saracen and how girls feel feel about Saracen. Yeah, we'll have to sort all that out. So we'll we'll bring a, after we do the character rundown. Let's let's loop back to that. Yeah. So, Once you make a note, uh, I got I got an asterisk. <laughs> okay. His, Go uh, so his best friend in the same scene is Landry, 
And Landry is kind of the comic relief character. He's like a little bit of a Seth Cohen, if you A non-sexual Seth Cohen who is never in jeopardy of actually fucking chicks. Yeah, an extremely unattractive Seth Cohen. Although I say that, um, he does have some lady dabbling as we get later on into the series, though. He certainly does. But you know what? Right now, he doesn't have that, so let's just leave him on our context section as he's the comic relief. He is Saracen's friend. Okay, Uh, next. uh, The next character that we see is a hungover trying to... Trying to get out of pra- get off the couch and get into practice, Tim Riggins. Oh man! So I am trying to keep my boner in check, kids. I mean, fuck. You're doing a bad job. <laughs> Sorry, kids. I, the boner's I, out. I, yeah, I can see it. Uh, Tim Riggins. I mean, where? How high up on your list of all time most perfect for a role people is he? Oh, he's awesome. He crushes this. I mean, his whole his whole vibe is that he just doesn't give a shit about anything. He's like this whole episode. He's he, so hot. He doesn't. God damn it. <laughs> he's so hot. So Tim Riggins, we'll talk about him probably till the cows come home on this. He's but. the biggest star of this show. Uh, he he was also wearing he was wearing these sweatpants when they first showed him. And again. And only those sweatpants. And only sweatpants. He was hungover. The first scene is of him sleeping on a couch, like hungover, sleeping off, like probably a, a long night of drinking because he's a, he's a lovable fuck up. Yep. He's, he's what Ryan Atwood never gave us. And he was laying there and he's wearing these sweatpants. Fucking looks so cool in them, dude. I mean, he's ripped as fuck. He's wearing these sweatpants that are ahead of its time. I mean, this is a. Is he wearing sick- joggers? These are joggers that are cut, hand cut, with scissors right below the knees. A style that is kind of happening right now in 2019. Yeah. And this is 06. Man. I mean, this guy is on the cutting edge of fashion. There's another thing that I just remembered that he is known for, and I've been searching for this every time I go to Banana Republic or Gap, and I can never fucking find it, and it's the Tim Riggins... Jean jacket that has the Sherpa. Oh, the, the wool? The wool, the like Sherpa collar. Yeah, that's a cool And one. lining. So you see the jean jacket on the outside, but then it looks all fucking soft and warm. You've never been able to find one? Ne- never been able to find have one that looks. Have you checked the World Wide Web? I've checked the web, and I have not been able to find one that looks nearly as cool as the Tim Reeves one. Oh, I wish you luck in that, but... Anyways, we Tim can talk Riggins. about Tim Riggins. All we day, could, we so could honestly, we'll just, we could do we'll a just leave it there. Yeah. Uh, so in the same scene, we're introduced to Tim Riggins' older brother Billy Riggins, as well as Tim Riggins' on again, off again girlfriend Tyra. Tyra. So Tyra is big time, big time important. She is a tall drink of hot water. What did we find out? Five eleven. Five eleven. She is a tall, hot slice of life. <laughs> she is. She is a very attractive. She's hot as fuck. Okay, people, kids. She's hot as fuck, and she's tall. So she comes in. Her and Tim Riggins are hooking up. So Tim, you can tell, he just gets fucked up. He hooks up with girls, and Tyra's kind of the same way. She's like the girl version of Tim. They're very actually similar. Um, the next characters we see are at football practice, and that's the quarterback QB one, Jason Street. 
I hate Jason Street. I'm sorry. In we do not we do not share similar feelings on this. Correct. I, we're gonna find out as this goes on. Um, <laughs> Jason Street is QB one. He is the best quarterback in the nation. Essentially, Notre Dame is there leading up to this game one. Notre Dame the recruiter is there. They're scouting him. They're saying telling Jason Street's parents that he's the best quarterback that they've ever seen in like 50 years of scouting. At this point in the show, Jason Street does not have much of a personality. He's kind of robotronic and just, I would say lame. That's he probably why I hate him. You but don't that's because it. there's something that happens to him at the end of this episode, which kind of changes his life forever. And I feel like after that, he becomes interesting. But at this point, he's just like, yeah, he doesn't need a personality. Which, you know he's what? the best quarterback Apparently in history, I, I think and that he just as long as he exists and is still got a quarterback, people are gonna love him. Yeah. But then once he gets injured, spoiler alert, I feel like that's when it becomes an interesting character. Yeah, I mean he doesn't have many layers right now, right? No. Like, like that. So that's <laughs> just, just I would say he has excellent one layer. Yeah. I get it though, you know, because it's like think back to high school. If you're a star quarterback. You haven't had to spend all your life developing, like, a kick-ass sense of humor, a lot of, like, witty sort of, like, tropes. It, it, you don't need any of that because everyone loves you for just being so sweet at football, especially in Texas. Yeah, so you just focus on that, which he does. Yeah. And that's all he has. So, I don't, I don't begrudge him for that. I honestly, I hate Jason Street for kind of who he becomes later, and I think you and I are going to really disagree on that because I know you... You don't hate Jason Street as we move forward as much, but we'll have to keep tabs on that. Okay. Who who else did you say? All right. So at practice, we're also introduced to Smash. Smash. Smash is critical. Smash is the running back, and Smash is like a hothead. He yeah. runs his mouth. Hothead, super athletic, really good at running back. Is he also a sophomore? We didn't get into the ages yet. Yeah, well, let's we'll, wait we'll on, that, on that. There's a little bit of wonkiness with all their ages. So we were talking about, you know, we've talked about how time is warped at the mall. Time is warped in Friday Night Lights with the ages of these kids. Like, yes. it, it really fluctuates in, wait a second, like three years goes by and you're like, wait a second, was I supposed to believe that he was a sophomore in season one? The yeah. fuck? He's a full-grown male. <laughs> Looks like a 27-year-old. Okay, I feel so like in terms of the details that this show nails, they pretty much nail everything down to the gear that the football players are wearing um, and what is said and done at practice. But they took a lot of liberties with the ages of these kids. Yeah, we'll we'll, so we'll, we'll address it, but we won't be too critical of it because it's fine. We'll let it slide, but we at least want to point it out. But yeah, Smash, Smash is the hothead. Yeah. So Smash is the guy who's always talking shit. He's always running his mouth. He's a quick little... I, I mean, who would you compare him to? Like, maybe like a... I don't know if Darren like, Sproles is like right. Sproles, maybe like a Reggie Bush type. I feel like he's got... Yeah, good, Reggie, like a short... hands out of the backfield. I'd say a shorter Reggie Bush is kind of what he reminds me of. Yeah. Um, quick, shifty. I feel like they nailed it with his personality, by the way. Because he's like... He's that archetype of guy that's athletic and good at football. But also just a nerd. Like, he's an athletic nerd. He's just not cool, but he's good at football. So like if what do you but what do you mean when you say cool? Do you mean cool like cool in the high school or like cool with like his, the viewers? With the viewers, his personality is just like, eh. I, okay, like the so stuff he says, so he's like not, he'll come up to girls cool and he'll be like he'll be like hey girl how you doing? He says to Tyra at one point like, 
ooh, what do you, she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, what's up? And he's like, nothing, I'm just hanging out, picking up diamonds out of the clouds. Oh, yeah. He just and she's just like, okay. Douche. And she's like, all right, you're a fucking douche, but you're good at football, so. Right. Yeah. He's a nit. He's a nerd in denial. <laughs> yeah, I do. He thinks he's cool because he's good at football, and technically he is cool because he's good at football and he lives in this town, but like, really his personality is not good. I completely forgot about the term nid. We just, we use that term in high school so much. That's N-I-D. Kids use that in your high school. It is to describe a nerd in denial, and there is nothing, that, that, whoever is a nid is like a fucking douche who just like thinks he's cool as fuck, but he's such a loser, lame ass. Like, God, I, fuck, I, I haven't thought about that term in so long. Yeah, he's a nid, he's a nid. But I feel like he's also, all these characters end up being so layered that you like, you get to, you find out like what, what he's all about and it all, it kind of makes sense, but... Right when you're introduced to him, it's just like, this guy doesn't even know who he is. He's just so unsure of himself besides on the football field that it freaks me out. Yeah. he. All these characters do become so fucking layered. Like, God, the quality of this show. <laughs> it can't I, it's be what, overstated. It can't be because I, I, we're coming off the OC and, and the OC is great for what it is. We know what it is. It's it's garbage reality teen drama that's number one on our list because it hit us when we were in high school and goddamn does it resonate with the two podcasters sitting in this room yeah sitting in this Having podcast that, studio while we were watching the oc we were like we were laughing at it a lot. the whole time and we were giddy with laughter like every time throughout the episode <laughs> oh my god i can't believe they did that yeah like what's what's with this what so a weird choice why does he have puka shells? Why, why does Donnie that, have the wristband Why on? is Donnie wearing a sweatband when he's a waiter? Like, all these things were just so distractingly <laughs> weird that they were fun to talk about that. This, yeah. we just, just, like, the whole time we're like, this is really good. This is fucking <laughs> like, good quality. The acting, like I mean, an we're... Oscar award-winning movie as the pilot of this teen drama show. There's only one character that I think is debatable on being miscast, but everyone else is is so spot on. Like... Smash is perfectly cast. Tim Riggins is the most perfectly cast person fucking of all time. Probably like at Walter White level with Brian Cranston. Like, it's just perfect. Having said that, I feel like this podcast might develop a more serious tone than the last one, which I will try my hardest to break. Hmm. Okay. What about you? I will try. I will try to break some levity into this awesome show. Yeah, I will. I promise. Right, okay, who's 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 next after Smash? Right, you know Smash. what? While we're there, though, quick thing, sure. let's put our first clip in here because I don't. I want to go back to Tim Riggins because I feel like I know we say we're going to talk about him a lot, and we need to live up to that. So here's <laughs> another. Here's another. Here's a clip of Tim Riggins at that football practice right after they interview Smash at that practice. My name's Tim Riggins. I play a fullback. It's known that you're one of the more aggressive players. What do you find appealing about that? I just like to hurt people. Just put them down. Tim, I don't mean to be inappropriate, but I do smell alcohol on your breath. Have you been drinking? No. Not at all? No. Okay. (laughs) It's just so funny to think about, like, first off, that there's reporters at this high school football (laughs) practice, and they're interviewing these, these students like they're fucking, like, NFL players and stuff. But then just, like, Tim, are you drunk at football practice? 
Yeah, I feel like I, I, I feel like some stuff like that would have gotten probably slightly less overlooked in an actual high school setting. But Tim Riggins, like we were saying, these kids are basically gods, so they can do whatever they want. Yeah, within a certain within a certain limit of rules. Okay, let's let's uh let's keep powering through the cast. So next is your personal favorite, Lila Garrity. <sighs> Quick little fun fact about Lila Garrity before I let you go in on her. Uh, intern Whitney's family dog named Lila after Lila Garrity. What? Did you know that? Are you fucking serious? I'm dead serious. I was waiting to tell you that on air. Oh my god. Let's just bring this is it's high time. <laughs> Whitney Intern Whitney, can we do this? She actually might be sleeping. We'll wake her up. We'll wake her up. So we're gonna bring the intern in. She was behind the glass. She's been she's been editing. <laughs> she just edits. She edits while we record. She's just always in editing mode. Okay, intern Whitney. Your parents naming your dog. Well, Lila Garrity. Yeah. Awesome. It's after the show. hundred percent. Yeah, my dad loves Lila Garrity. So this so this show has breached all demographics then. If it's if your parents are hard were into it so much so that they named your pet after, that's who I watched it with. It was me, my mom, and my dad. Oh, back in high school, whenever this came out, yeah. Oh six, oh seven range. Yeah, I think probably high school, college. I think college. I watched in college, but we did the Netflix thing, so we waited till it was in Netflix and binged. Oh, binged it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now, quick question on that, because Lila's the worst fucking human being of all time, <laughs> and honestly, I am gonna real quick. You know what I'm gonna? I'm gonna just lay lay a seed that we had the Marissa Cooper as the worst of the week, the MCITW. Right. I'm not gonna have it this episode because we're just laying some groundwork here. But I will. That will continue to be a running segment, and it will officially shift from the MCITW of the week to the LGITW of the week. And you know who that's brought to you by? Who? Our fine sponsors at Wicklowware. That's W-I-C-K-L-O-W-Ware. <laughs> be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at Wicklowware.com. Type in the promo code VL at checkout. Get 10% off your order. Wicklowware.com. And full disclosure, before we were watching this, we were talking about. I personally thought that it was going to be a bit of a reach for you to just transfer this. You did from Marissa Cooper onto Lila Garrity, and as soon as I saw her come on the screen <laughs> and I saw the rage in your in your eyes, okay. I realized that oh yeah, no, this is going to be perfect. We got to so, play another clip. We'll we play that here. Slide it in, yeah. Okay, here it is, Mr. Street. Is it true that you can throw a 400-yard touchdown pass to three different receivers at the same time? This is true. Then you must kiss me. Is it true that you have superhuman powers and can demolish buildings and hurl fireballs? This is true.
Lila Garrity? Yes, is that true, Mr. Street? <laughs> that you love Lila Garrity? More than anything in the world. More than football? <laughs> More than almost anything in the world. Dude, her voice, like... I, I fucking hate this chick. I, sorry, I, I'm sorry, but th- yeah. So I, like, I like I was saying at first, I thought it was gonna be this lame bridge between the OC and oh, we're beating up on another girl. Like how fucking creative. But then I saw I saw that fire, and I'm fully in on this. I'll tell you what. I know we sound chauvinistic, keep picking on the ladies, but teen drama TV, stop picking these f- Marissa Coopers and the Lila Garrities of the world, sucking ass like they suck. No offense, Whitney, but they do. Okay, intern Whitney, <laughs> we'll get off, we'll get off the ripping on women, and get to our intern here because she's been doing a great job behind the scenes. I'm just curious: Did your dad name the dog because he loves Lila, or did the dog remind him of like Lila? <laughs> <laughs> well, to give you some context, Lila is a golden doodle, so okay. you could say she's the cheerleader. Of the dog world. Yeah, perky, cute. So did your parents meet the dog and then go, you know what, that dog personality, that reminds us of a Lila. Or did they go, we just love this character so much. We were watching the show at the time. So I think that played into it. My dad was a big Lila fan, mainly because of the looks factor. Did he Uh, know that she was 16? Whoa. She was not Julie Cooper or Julie Cooper. Julie, um, <laughs> shit, sorry, I'll Taylor. Out. Julie Taylor. I'm 16. just kidding. I think Lila was a little older than Julie. Taylor. Yeah. I think Julie. I think Lila was about 26 when she did this show. So yeah. Okay, intern Whitney. We do. We have hot takes here, and we mm-hmm. want to get your opinion because we already talked about Saracen, and we wanted to bring you in because there seems to be a real gap between how fellas feel about Saracen hot guy wise mm-hmm. and how ladies feel about Saracen hot guy wise. Mm-hmm. So I look at Saracen and Pat, you can tell me if, if you agree or disagree. I look at him and he's nothing to write home about. No, not at all. And I feel like I have little a, guy, you know, he's a small guy. He's got kind of like a, like a skeletal face, I would say. And then he's got like this all shucks personality that doesn't do anything for me. No. I mean, you and I aren't having pillow fights over Matt Saracen. But I just want to caveat here. In no way, shape, or form do we not love Saracen's heart. Oh, yeah. Underdog. He's one of my favorite characters. For sure. I don't find him sexually attractive. We are only critically analyzing if he is a hot, attractive guy right now. We both love Saracen. On record. And I have a lot of confidence in my ability to identify and describe a hot man. Yes. So, like, we see Tim Riggins and pillow fights. Mm -hmm. I toss a pillow to you. You conceal yourself what's happening in your pants. I sure do. You then toss it back to me when I have to conceal myself. That doesn't happen with Saracen. Intern Whitney, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Why is Saracen hot? So I think you brought Riggins into this, so I'm going to do the same. But um, I think that what you know, if you look at like the Venn diagram, is that all women love either Saracen or Riggins. You're either a Saracen girl or you're a Riggins girl. You can be a bit of both, but you're always going to have a preference for one or the other. All women will love one or the two. Like there's no question. There's nobody that says I don't like either of them. But there's some overlap in the Venn. Some slight, but you're always going to have a preference. So what I'll say is you can tell a lot about oh, that yeah. female mm. by who she picks. 
What about Ryan and Seth? Is that is that the same, or do you think everyone's a it's, Seth it's girl? It's similar, but Riggins and Saracen are even better dichotomies because okay. if you think about it, like you've got Riggins, who while he's got the looks factor, his life's kind of a mess. Like mm, he's mm, yeah. alcoholic, probably a terrible boyfriend, gonna cheat on you for yeah. sure. So mm. if you're into that, you're into you don't want a safe guy. You're prioritizing looks first. You're um, you hate yourself. Yeah, you likely have you likely have too much confidence or not enough confidence. Oh Let's yeah, I could see that. Now, Saracen girls, I think they are maybe looks are secondary to personality. Yeah, and just being a great guy. But where you're wrong, talking about him being like kind of wimpy or whatever, he's I think by far like the Most strongest smart. character. Because oh. you think about it, it like to a female, he's communicating. He can hold down QB one eventually. Taking care of his grandmother, being the only man in the house while his yeah, dad's gone. That's like, that weird. is attractive you shit. You say, like, the maturity in a mask. Well, yeah, you're looking at Sarah's and you're like, this guy can handle it all. And yeah. he's also not afraid to be, like, he's got humility and uh, he's not afraid to be vulnerable and he doesn't take himself too seriously. And the last thing, is the Matt Saracen smile. Like that half smile. Oh. Okay. Like so that'll, a, that makes a woman melt. So yeah, I'd so say, that's, yeah. I think I was thinking about it a little too on the surface. Yeah, as all guys do. That's what you guys that's go there first. That's classic us. That's classic us. That's, that's why you're only Riggins guys. Yeah. But, I, I just saw the abs yeah. and the hair yeah. and the I don't give a shit attitude and I, I, I put myself in the, in the Riggins category. No, but you take that, you're also taking alcoholic... 16 year old you're right we're not thinking yeah. big picture right. here no. but it's the smile okay so like physicality wise it's the smile that gets you yeah that's where he becomes attractive because we'll say objectively if you don't know saracen's personality and his backstory he's not a good looking guy i mean he's just not no way and right. and, and, and the thing that's is, where we were confused when that when that first came but out. it's not just intern whitney any girl i've yeah. talked to is like fucking Saracen oh my god Saracen mm -hmm. and it's probably because like like intern Whitney said factoring in just so the listeners know kids he's taking care of his grandma his dad went off to Iraq his he doesn't have any siblings and he's just fucking running a house in high school taking care and he's care. QB1 and he's Andy QB1 his grandma has dementia by the way we need to mention that yeah. so she's not like he's really taking care of her and I just look at it like, damn, I mean, he walks up and he's a buck 65 soaking wet. I mean, I might even say like 155, five, seven and a half. But one more thing I'll throw out there is, so you take Riggins, you got Saracen. I would say, let's not forget, forget uh, Coach Taylor and all this. We haven't even introduced him yet. Okay. So why I'm don't just we saying just from do the that? female perspective, he's your perfect blend. Oh. Yeah, that's actually a perfect segue because he's yeah. next on my list. All right. well, Bring him up. Let's just meet, we meet every girl's we uh, meet every girl's heartthrob. Yeah. So yeah, that's Coach interesting. Is the great stuff intern Whitney. <laughs> Thank You're you. doing a Thank great you. job. Okay, let's get into Coach T because this guy is he's the, the full package. Full package. I mean, all the ladies love him. Mm -hmm. All the guys want to be coached by him. All the guys want to coach. All the colleges want him to be their position coach. Yep. All the I, I, all the all kids the, want them him to be their dad. Yep. So Besides, it's tough to say who's the biggest winner of this show when this is all said and done because it's like obviously Tim Riggins came out pretty fucking ahead, but. 
yeah, that's the other thing. Coach a lot T. of times we would talk about with the OC, like how, not that many characters, for as big of a show it was, not that many characters, no. especially the main ones, had like breakout celebrity status after this. Coach T did. Coach, huge. He what are some like, things he's in? Godzilla. He was in that. Um, Bloodline. Bloodline. Great show. I mean, this guy's been in A-list shit. Fucking Argo. Oscar-winning movie. Ever heard of it? Oh. Uh, Super 8. Yep. Great movie. Manchester by the Sea. Oscar-winning. Zero Dark Thirty. Also uh, in the, the Oscar mix. Wolf First Man. Street, I think maybe uh, had some Oscar buzz. Fucking Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. First Man, uh, Ryan Gosling, co-star. Heard of him? Heard of him? Carol, filmed in Cincinnati. Never heard of it. Fun fact. Day the Earth stood still. Tight with Keanu Reeves. So, wow. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, we could do this all day. This guy Fucking Keanu Reeves. Coach Taylor, killing it. Okay, let's. Is that does that do it for all of our characters? Oh, Tammy Taylor. Tammy Taylor, his wife. Big time. Big time. She is big time. Yeah, she's a huge character. I would say she went on to to big stardom. uh, Nashville, big hit. And she's probably in some other stuff. But let me just say this. She is the moral guiding light of this entire show. Tammy Taylor. Absolutely. I also want to introduce one other person, unless there's someone else you have. I'm going to go with um, their offspring, Julie Taylor. Save her for a second. I'll save her. Okay, I want to say two people, Coach T's wife, Tammy Taylor, moral guiding light of the show, and Buddy Garrity. Those two people, fun fact, cast members in the movie Friday Night Lights, Wow. Billy Bob Thornton, play the exact same roles that they play in this TV show. Only difference, Buddy Garrity has a mustache. In the movie. <laughs> and it looks weird as fuck. They should have brought the mustache back to this show. Pete Berg. Pete Berg directed the movie Friday Night Lights with Billy Bob Thornton. Real story about the Permian Panthers in Texas. The show was made off of that. And they were so good in the movie that Pete Berg, who also does this TV show, is like... I gotta have them fucking playing the same role in this TV show that they played in that movie. Little fun fact. Okay, last character here. Give this last character, then we'll get into the episode. Um, I have Julie Taylor. The hottest chick ever. Yeah, especially in season three. Especially in season three. In season three, she really turns hot. We're gonna have to be very clear on this. Um... She actually doesn't turn 18 until season three. Yeah. So, but in season three, hot. boy, so is she hot. good looking. And boy, would we not even, we wouldn't even grade her or, or Anna, like look at, we would not look at it like that until she gets to season three. Yeah. Season one and two, I mean, she's got a great personality and she seems like an upstanding young citizen. Yep. So, a lot of promise in that young individual, a lot of promise. So what I will say is, anytime we refer to Julia Taylor being a fucking smoke show, we're going to refer to season three Julia Taylor. We're talking about season three Julia Taylor. So season three Julia Taylor is, we talked about it on our, when we wrapped up the OC, uh, Mount Rushmore of 
most attractive females. I mean, intern Whitney's talking about, are you a Tim Riggins girl or are you a Matt Saracen girl? I think for us fellas sitting here in this podcast studio, we're both Riggins girls. We're both Riggins girls. But we're also Julie Taylor girls. Yep. And so what's cool about us, these two podcasters sitting here, is that she's on the short list. She's on the Mount Rushmore with your Kelly Kapowskis, with your Olivia Wilds, with your Topanga Lawrences. Mm -hmm. I mean, she is on it. And we are never going to be Lila Garrity girls. We will never be Lila Garrity girls. We are only going to be Julie Taylor girls. Fuck Lila. I fucking hate her. By the way, kids, she has horrible cankles. And I'm only saying that because I hate her. And they, what they do is they always have her wearing Texas cowboy boots to hide them. Well, but you well see them. That's well done. You see them every once in a while. I'm also a bit it. of a Tyra girl. Oh, in, is she in, in the mix? In, she's I mean, second. She's second on my on my list in terms yeah. of this show. She's second on the list, but but I think it. There's usually just are you a Lila girl or are you a fucking Julie Taylor, Taylor girl? Venn diagram. Yeah, but I think yeah, I like Tyra too. Okay, let's get off the characters. You know what I want to do? I want to give. I want to break it up. Let's give a clip here. Little fun fact: there is no on this pilot episode. There is no intro video to the show. No, it just goes right in. You know the... Yeah, that's a good point. There is none of that. If you notice, all the clips in that intro video that they play at the beginning of every episode in all five seasons are clips from that very first pilot episode. That's a nice little tidbit. Mm-hmm. Was it they just didn't want to spend the time putting that uh, like the intro together before they knew that uh, they got picked up? I think what you do, and we talked about this on the OC, is you film a pilot, and then you show it to the network. They decide if they're going to pick it up or whatever. And I think so they, sh- they made that pilot, edited it, and did it all. And then they got picked up. Then they put together an intro video with the song and the music based on the clips from that pilot for everything that followed. And so we're going to play a clip of that intro video to get ourselves right. This show and the the vibe of the show, the music. By the way, the music. We talked a lot about the music in the OC because it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the best parts about the show. This show, I think, if not matches, probably outdoes it. Because the cool part about this is the original score. I think it was uh, Explosions in the Sky is the band. 
that does the original score for this yep, show. Yeah, it is Explosions in the Sky. It's just awesome. It's just like this cool, like, uh, like wispy, ethereal, like, guitar music, like, that happens, happens throughout the background of this whole show and it ties everything together. Yeah. They also do put in really good, um, like, written songs by other bands. Yeah. But, uh, like, the OC just had, like, really kind of, um, basically cut and paste standard score background music and for other scenes it was just like filler but this is this like custom built explosions in the sky goodness that i just love it, it's the, the through line i think to all these great teen dramas is that the music yeah the music it's is hard to have a teen drama mm-hmm. crush without sweet music dude think about like dawson's creek with that fucking goo goo doll song yeah here it is i gotta just fucking play it play it here It's not like one of their main songs like Iris or Slide or or like Black Balloon or anything. It's literally that was it was like a it was like a minute and a half or two minute song that they made just for Dawson's Creek. Do they play it live? You've seen them in concert. You know, okay, quick thing here about little little this this is first world problems on this thing about Goo Goo Dolls. Goo Goo Dolls, I went to a Goo Goo Dolls concert twice, and it's so unreal when they play the fucking 90s hits, but what they do is at all Goo Goo Dolls concerts, they have every other song is the acoustic guitar, and then they switch to the electric guitar, and all their new shit, the main guy plays an electric guitar. So literally after every single song, they have a guy in a black shirt, some stagehand run out a fucking guitar. A roadie. Some roadie. And it's hilarious because, like, you'll be sitting there, they play one of the hits, like, and it's just like, it all hits, everyone in the crowd goes crazy. That song ends, guy runs out an electric guitar, everyone just gets up and goes and gets another beer. I feel like they gotta front load those. They gotta do all the new songs first and then just roll out the hits, and then you just leave, like, oh my god, was that the best Goo Goo Dolls concert I've ever seen? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, anyways, sidetrack, sidetrack aside, back to the music, it's a through line to every great teen drama going back to the fuck, probably to the Beverly Hills 90210 days, there's great music to go along, and Dawson's Creek with Goo Goo Dolls in the 90s is no exception, and neither is Friday Night Lights. Okay, so, where do we want to go from here? Do we want to get into our football talk, or do we want to save that? Yeah, I'd say let's hit the locker room and talk a little football. Okay, so we're just going to do a quick thing here because my my fellow podcaster here, Pipes, we didn't want to get into bog this episode down with just like details about football and like what they fucked up on and what they got super right. So this is just going to be, we're going to limit this to five minutes of just football talk. Put in your mouthpieces, strap up your chin strap. Put them in, strap them up. Stop little football. Okay, so... This is unofficially sponsored by Reebok. Reebok. Thank you, Reebok. Thank you, Reebok, for the unofficial sponsorship. We really appreciate it. All the fucking not free gear that we got from you guys. Really appreciate it. Love you guys as a brand. I love the Reebok cleats. Yeah. I mean, they sent over some, they did definitely did not send over some cleats that are just, God, they 
they stick in the ground, you yeah. know? Real cut. good cuts with those Reebok cleats. A cut on a dime in those fucking unofficial sponsored non-free Reebok cleats. That That's a little taste, Reebok. If you like that action, hit us up at vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com and we'll talk a little business. But Reebok, don't you ever think that you're going to pass our fine sponsors at fucking Wicklowware? No. They were always going to be our number one and first sponsor. Okay. Thank you, Reebok. I want to say that who's real and who's not, athlete-wise. I listened to some director's commentary on one of the episodes of Friday Night Lights to get myself fucking jacked and loaded for this very moment. What I will tell you, do you want to guess who... The, the actors on this show who really need a little a lot of stunt double work in terms about, of yeah you give me the name and I'll tell you whether I think they were athletic or unathletic okay I'll just go through a few Smash Williams athletic unathletic as fuck really unathletic as fuck that's very shocking you can tell in some of the close shots when they do a close-up on, on his face how he runs. He's not bow-legged at all. The guy who plays... Smash Williams, the guy who... The actor who plays him. He kind of runs like kind of up and down and he's sort of... He's not very fast and you can just tell he doesn't have like an athletic run. But whenever they go to a wide shot or a long shot of Smash running, the running back, very Darren Sproles-esque, yeah. little bow-legged. Oh, just like little Darren. Yep, and the I remember on the director's commentary they did say that the actor I don't know his name who plays Smash, he is not very athletic. Man, that's uh, that takes me that takes me aback. Yes. Okay. Next one, Tim Riggins. I gotta go athletic. Athletic as fuck. Yes, <laughs> I knew it. He does all of his end scenes. You can always see it too. That when they and dude, by the way, you're not gonna be athletic as fuck if you are cast as the lead in movies like John Carter. John Carter, <laughs> that's it. I don't think there's ever been a movie that's advertising budget was as big for a movie that flopped as John Carter. Fun fact I don't know if we'll get to this, so I'll just spoil it. When Tim Riggins goes off to prison, like in season three or four or whatever, yeah. The whole reason they did that was because he was filming John Carter. And that's why they had him disappear for like five, for like half a season is because he was off filming that garbage movie. I feel like I've seen at least 60 to 90 minutes of commercials and trailers for that movie. Mm -hmm. And I've seen zero actual minutes of the movie. God, I wonder what the... Have you seen that movie? I've never I've seen clips of it like on HBO. We should do that as like a, a standalone special. We should watch John Carter and do a pod. Yeah, yeah, we should. But that was I. I feel like we've talked about this before. They tried to blow him up too hard, too fast. He wasn't they that. He's him, not that. They should just let him slow burn. Like, um, what do you think it is on Rotten Tomatoes? Sub twenty. No, it's fifty one percent. Wow, that's pretty favorable i don't know how, <laughs> how definitely did, watch that then. how did half the people see that and think it was good anyways um yes taylor kitsch real athletic he never needs a stump double you can always see when they show him and that makes me so much more into him yes okay matt saracen athletic 
unathletic as fuck. Damn, I don't think I'm doing well at all. Dude, you saw it on that final throw in the game. It was clear when they went to a fucking stunt double through actually throwing a football long. Oh, yeah. On that final play. He did bomb that. Saracen has a very stilted shit. Again, this is all in the football talk. We'll get off of this. Got a couple minutes left here. We're definitely going over, by the way. Five minutes. We'll be quick. Um, you can see when he throws, he's got a very stilted, like, straight up and down like this. Like, it's like a... like It's not a fluid, like... It's like a... He kind of jerks it back. He, his arm is Doesn't too have straight. Good pocket mechanics. No, his arm is way too straight up and down, and it's kind of just like he puts it straight, pulls it back, and just whips it. On that last bomb he had, I'll tell you what they did now, and this is very crucial to get this right in a football movie: the movie spiral. Like when you throw oh, a yeah, long yeah, bomb, yeah, yeah. there's like an art to it. It's you don't want to. It, it's kind of counterintuitive, but you don't want a perfectly tight spiral. You yeah. want it to have like a little bit of a wobble. It's that Hollywood wobble. Yeah. Whereas Hollywood. like, Hollywood. You, you know, it just makes it better. I think it's more cinematic to have a little Hollywood wobble in there, but they nailed this in the show. By, by the way, we will say while we're in football talk, <laughs> sponsor, unofficially sponsored by Re- Reebok, every single game, we got to bring it up now. Every single game goes down to the wire in this fucking show, like a basketball game it, they all go down. Football doesn't go like that. We've talked yeah. about this with for years with our friends. Like football never goes this way, where it comes down to the final play. I would Hail say Mary. ninety percent of games, you know who's going to win by like the end of the third quarter. Yeah, and 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 I get it, and it sucks because everything in this show, and and we're just we're Pat has a whole list here of of what they nailed from a football sense, but you can tell the the network execs at NBC went to Pete Berg and they're like, there's not enough drama on this ending <laughs> football scene. You gotta have every game go down to a fucking Hail Mary. Every single game has to be a Hail Mary. I, they and don't then, go like that, And then kids. also, we talked about if this team actually is gonna have a state run, they'd be crushing the whole beginning of their schedule. Yeah, they'd be running train through the first, <laughs> like, 65% of the, of the schedule. They did that same thing in... Um, Oh, shoot, why can't I think of the name of the movie? A really famous football movie featuring Ryan Gosling. Uh, Remember and the Gar- Titans? Gary Bertier. <laughs> Gary Bertier? Yeah. They did that same thing in Remember the Titans. Apparently that team in real life just crushed everyone. But they made it Oh, really? More, yeah. I didn't know Just that. like demolished everybody. But they made it more dramatic for the movie. Did, did Sunshine have to come in and play quarterback when no. uh, that guy got hurt? He probably did, but he was probably awesome. Well, he couldn't throw it. He couldn't pitch the ball three yards. He learned it. <laughs> that was so stupid. <laughs> fucking remember the Titans? The, the thing on Sunshine, the fucking quarterback that came in was like, he was so accurate, could throw the ball a mile, could throw the ball fucking 70 yards in the air. But the problem was is he couldn't make a th- fucking two-yard pitch? He wasn't an option guy. He came from out in California. They don't run the option. But I don't, don't know. It was weird. Yeah, that was a movie not, trope. Yeah. Okay, so let, give us our list of some other football things that the, that happened. All right, so right at the beginning of the episode, they show them in a full-on uh, live practice. Spot on. And it was awesome. It was just it just looked exactly like a real practice. Coaches yelling, players getting super into it. They're doing like angle tackling in Oklahoma drills, seven yep. on seven. Yeah, all stuff like. Just down to the fact that the quarterback's wearing a different jersey so you don't hit him. Like, all these little details they just nailed. They had it. Nailed. 
And, and, and just, I was saying too, the mannerisms, like how the coaches are yelling at the players, how the players are sort of, it was all to a T. Like it just, ta- it, it just takes you right yeah, on back. Yeah. It brings like Riggins in the first uh, scene is all <clears throat> hung over and fucked up from the night before. And you could just see him just eating shit during this practice. It's and gotta like, be the worst and, being hung over at football practice. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine that. Yeah. God. It, so yeah, anyways, yeah, the practice is spot on. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that their jersey sleeves were a little long. Yeah, I, I think they corrected this at a certain point, but right when it came out, I couldn't the tell. That cool. I couldn't tell if it was a timing thing with the years because I know like oh six oh seven is when quarterbacks like right around when they stopped wearing sleeves. It was definitely in that gray area because I remember at one point. We like we knew because we would watch NFL and college players who had sweet jerseys, but ours hadn't caught up yet. So you would tape the yeah. bottom of your sleeve and tuck it under. So it's I'll nice. chalk it up to that. In yeah. this first episode, their jersey sleeves are a little too long, like down to their elbows. It, it, football pad like jerseys aren't like that anymore. They're tapered like right after the shoulder pads. Okay, let's just do one like a couple more, and then let's let's move out of football talk. Um, similar to the awesome realistic practice, the halftime was great in the game. Oh, All that, the, like, yeah. The corrections that they're making, and like there's a scene where Street, while he still was QB1, was like listing all the different, like, all the different looks that he was getting and like why he was struggling with this. And he's like, all right. I've seen a lot of Texas defense coach. Texas? Yes, sir. Uh, corners are jamming. They're staying out there in the flats. It seems like I'm getting a lot of pressure off the outsides, coming off the ends like crazy. I can't, I can't even see him. Safeties are staying pretty deep, so we got a lot of short stuff. Maybe more slants and crosses, I think. Fade post over the top. We can fade if I can get some time, but they gotta beat that jam off the line. Plus, I'm getting blitzed like crazy off the weak side. I, I ain't even see it coming. You are not coming. that good. See what's going on now. We need some more time. Coach, they are running a box stunt on us. We have not been communicating. We're gonna pick it up now. Hey, you guys gonna communicate now? Yes, sir. We are going into a fist fight. <laughs> The corners are playing way up tight. I feel like if we can get off the line, do some crossing stuff, like we'll get some. And like, it was yeah, just they're like, faking like he was like blitzing. talking a mile a minute because you only have ten minutes to get all this stuff in. It was just cool. They nailed that, and all the coaches, it's a clusterfuck. You have the offensive line coach yelling at the offensive lineman, and the fucking defensive back coach like yelling at them. And then you got the head coach like fucking with the quarterbacks. Like it was that it was perfect. Okay, yep. Um, and you're a big height guy. So like you have yeah, a lot of I with these heights, so I'll bring it up for you to to get into. But I just I have an issue with the heights on some of these things. Like like Jason Street, he's listed at six two. That's fine to be. That's 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 fine to be a major D one. You're the best quarterback in the country, number one QB prospect in the country. I'm okay with that. But then it's like just clear he's not that height like when you're seeing him and he's he's barely barely taller than smash who's like the running back who's you know running backs are usually like five eight five nine five ten at most they're shorter guys like and and it just like it, i i had an issue with that riggins who's the fullback yeah i feel like i'm with you on the riggins one i feel like he's just tall guy dude he's riggins a tall, tall guy. guy he's got the body of an adonis not gonna knock him on that nope we but i feel like that. a fullback your body type has to be like five, six, two hundred pounds. You just Mike have to be like a, yeah, just like a thick brick of a bowling ball. And that's the last time we will say anything bad about Riggins. And the it's funny, it's like we're in a job interview and someone asks us like, 
what do you think, Brian? What do you what do you, what are some of your opportunity areas? What what do you need to work on? And I go, oh, I don't know, Tammy. Uh, I work too hard. I guess I give a little too much to the team. Reagan's knock is his body is too good. Yeah, he's too <laughs> tall and perfect. <laughs> so he's, if he's interviewing for the fullback on this football team with Pete Berg, Pete Berg says like, "What do you think, Taylor? What do you think? What 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 do you think, Bud?" What do we got here? What 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 do you what do you struggle with? What what do you need to work on? He's like, Coach, I guess I'm a little too ripped <laughs> to play fullback on the high school you, you team. You know they say with fullback, I'm a low too man, tall. Low man always wins, but I'm so tall and hot that it's just <laughs> I'm struggling to get down there and blow up those linebackers. So <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Coach. I'm, yeah. So yeah, so that the height the height bothers the height honestly it only bo- it doesn't bother me on Saracen because Saracen we looked it up he's five eight which means in real life he's five six I'm fine with it on Saracen because he's an underdog he's coming in he's he's you know when he's throwing a pass when Street gets hurt he's hitting the back of the line the lineman's helmets because he's tiny I'm all on board with that but when you're telling me that this guy is the number one QB in the nation. And it's the best QB this Notre Dame recruit has ever seen in his fucking life. I'm just saying, I kind of need that guy to be like 6'4". In my own head. That's fine. That's just me. I know you don't have a problem with this. You have no issue with Jason Street's height. No, I'll go with it. Let me ask you. We're on height. I gotta do this. This (laughs) I'm sorry, kids. I can't help it. I can't help it, kids. This is another side tangent. Fucking Daniel Radcliffe and Harry Potter. All right, let's go there. I have to do it. How, if you are casting Harry Potter in 1998, or whenever the fuck it came out, do you not look at Radcliffe's parents in the genetics and look at what their heights are? Because... Daniel Radcliffe is a full-grown fucking male. Is like five three and a half, and I, I just I cannot get on board. It's the most miscast. We're talking. Okay, here's the connection. We're talking about heights being miscast a little bit. I'd like Jason Street to be six four. I'd like Harry and Harry Potter to be over five three. He's supposed to be taking down the number one Dark Lord Voldemort of all time. The number one biggest villain. Of all time, Voldemort, and he's not over five three, and in the books he's you can see it in J.K. Rowling's illustrations. He's lanky and tall. He get him. All right, fuck you, Daniel Radcliffe. Um, I once heard a story that someone said I was a girl. I didn't actually read that in the paper. I'm not, for the record. Okay, next football talk. Jesus Christ. <laughs> While we're talking about Harry Potter, what I thought about the third movie was... <laughs> Are we done with football talk? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll bring back we'll bring him back the football game when we talk about what happens at the very end of this episode. But for, and again, now, for now, I think we're good. That's brought to you by, unofficially, Reebok. Thank you, Reebok. Love Reebok for all those cleats. <laughs> um, okay. Let's just get into the Jason Street injury because yeah. this is this is big time. It's rough. It's big time. I mean, we get this is how the episode ends, and God damn it, did this 
really just, it hit us like a ton of bricks. And we've seen this multiple times. But fuck. Street, he's QB1. Regardless of his height, he is QB1. He drops back for a pass in this game. He goes, throws it, pick. Picked off. Gonna be a pick six. Gonna be a pick six. He goes to tackle him. Kids, if you play quarterback, if you're a quarterback and you throw an interception, Mm -hmm. don't try and make a tackle. No. Just do a Phil Rivers sort of like half-assed. You kind of jog like you're trying to get on the Put some effort into it so it doesn't look like you gave up on the play, but just don't don't try to tackle it. Yeah, you kind of make a dive that's like five yards behind where you could ever even touch him. Yeah. But it looks like you tried to get him. Just do that, kids, because you're just going to go all fucking... He kind of like hits him like... It seemed like on his shoulder almost, but it, you can tell it just like... It shocks his like vertebrae and it fucking paralyzes him. Well, he's paralyzed. Paralyzes him. Jason Street, QB1, hero of the Dylan Panthers. Fucking paralyzed. Doesn't, and this... Doesn't have legs. And this is big time. This is big time because this changes the course of not only his life, the whole show. It changes the course of ev- pretty much every character in this show, their life based on this one injury. That is so fucking true. We got a sophomore quarterback who apparently there's no backup behind Street that's his age or even a junior. <laughs> so the sophomore is in. He didn't even think he was going to play ever. He's now QB one. We talked about that though. Like you, that was a good point by you. You were like, "Where's the backup senior? Where's the fucking junior?" It's Why? Texas football. Everything around this this city revolves around football. You'd think they'd have a more prepared, a more groomed quarterback for one street graduates after this. I mean, was Saracen the guy? He was the guy next year. Apparently, like. It seemed like Saracen could barely tie his own fucking shoes. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so I, that, I think that's, I mean, we'll just let that slide because obviously there would be another QB nipping at Street's heels. Yeah. That's just ready and raring to go. Uh, so anyways, yeah, so Saracen's now QB1. Lila, his girlfriend, who basically kind of has her whole life planned out around, you know, being with Matt Sar- or with Street as his rise out her whole life. Yeah. That is now... Now she's no longer dating an NFL quarterback. She's dating a wheelchair guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if wheelchairs guys is the right I don't term. even know anymore. Like, My what bad. is... Is I, that wrong to say? I think it's handicapable. We'll go with handicapable. He's so handicapable. Now, now that but Street is handicapable. Street's in a wheelchair. He's a wheelchair guy. His best friend Tim Riggins, who had plans to just ride his coattails, and eventually, who we see in this, I love this scene right here because it's just such, there's such a good line. It's the first time you get to see some of his personality coming out. This is a big foundational. I mean, this line that he says, let's just play it. Let's play, play it. Here game. it is. Here's the God. In football, in 10 years from now, Street, good friends living large in Texas. Texas forever, Street. Texas forever. Texas forever. That's Tim Riggins. Iconic. Tim Riggins knowing that 
his best friend is eventually going to blow up and just be bigger than anybody they've ever imagined. And he's saying, we'll always have Texas. And then he's like, this basically lays out his plan that uh, he's just going to live on streets property in Texas and just take care of the house. Can I get deep? Sure. You know, the thing that we have to do on this show that we didn't necessarily have to do on the OC, because the OC was kind of made for the lowest common denominator, which when we were in high school... That was us. Probably still us. But now that we're refined, upstanding gentlemen, podcasters, scholars, gentlemen, Mm -hmm. and scholars, that's you and me, it's two guys sitting in this podcast studio, that's us, I want to get a little deep and say... That it, if I'm going to psychoanalyze Riggins a little bit, he needs it to go that way. Yeah. He knows he's a fuck up. He knows his he comes from trash. His dad isn't around. We never meet his fucking mom, do we? We never meet uh, his mom. I don't think so. His dad like lives in San Antonio or something. He's a fucking dick. His, his dad's a real douche. Leaves him. Billy, his brother, they he just raises him. It's just him and his brother living in a house. But Billy's in his, like, 20s, so... Yeah, Billy's a fucking (laughs) idiot. So, I think what Riggins is really doing there is he's saying, like, I need this. I need you to make it. He's like, you're my ticket out. See, I don't... I don't... I don't... Oh, you don't don't think You don't think it... You think it's just that... Riggins knows that his life is trash. It needs... He's not going anywhere, so just that... To have his best friend do something great. I think in, in Riggins' head, it's like, I need this to go this way. I've been dealt a shitty hand. I've accepted it. I live with my brother. My family's trash. My brother who's raising me, we, we're drunks. We just get fucked up all the time. We're not going anywhere. It's all downhill. As soon as I graduate high school, it's all fucking downhill. But he's like, in his head, this is the guy who makes it. He comes from a good family. His dad's got a good job. His mom's got a good job. He was given this gift of having a golden arm. He makes it. And I think that's why it really fucks him up. And you'll see as we go through these next couple episodes, it really fucks him up, dude. Because like I think it shatters his whole, like his whole mental thing of like, no, it doesn't go this way. You get out of this shit. You are the one who makes it. You get out of it. I stay in it. Yeah. Yeah, it breaks him. It it breaks him. I think hard. he yeah, he takes it he takes it even harder than Lila Garrity, probably. Yeah. But see, I think Lila's riding Jason's coattails. I don't think Tim Riggins is. I think Riggins, it's more about you're meant to get out of here, you're going on to big things, and I can always say, Well, I'm fucking up and living in this podunk town in Texas working on cars all the time. Hey, that guy on TV in the NFL, I played with that guy. I knew that guy. He was he was my I'm, hero. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Okay, so should we just give one more clip to wrap up? Sure. I want to set a real solid foundation for... We were talking about Tammy. Tammy T is the moral guiding light of this show. I want to set the stage that Coach T, this guy... Is the voice. He's the voice. Yes. Tammy is the moral. Is the light. She's the light. Coach Taylor is the voice. Yes. Ooh, I like how deep you're getting at the end of the podcast. I'm loving this, dude. Dude, it's like I've been, I all my pent up getting deep has been fucking contained in a cage because we were watching the OC. (laughs) (laughs) What? What? 
We wouldn't begrudge it. And yeah. Tate, Tate Donovan, Tate D, we love you. That said, this is just, it's so high quality that you got to get deep, dude. I mean, you got to get into the fucking cinematography, the mise-en-scene. You got to get into it. Anyways, kids, this last clip, Coach T, he's the voice. And I want to play this because I want to set the foundation. I want to set the foundation for this guy being the voice for the whole rest of this fucking series. He gives this ending soliloquy to end the episode, pilot episode. Here it is. We are all vulnerable. And we will all, at some point in our lives, fall. We will all fall. We must carry this in our hearts. That what we have is special. That it can be taken from us. And that when it is taken from us, we will be tested. to our very souls. We will now all be tested. It is these times, it is this pain that allows us to look inside ourselves. It's like an inspiration, dude. It just gets you so fucking jacked up. Like, we will all fall. But you know what? Get the fuck up. Fuck up. Yeah, I mean, that's Coach T. I mean, this is, this, this, is in, this is when everyone's sitting in the hospital because Street's sitting there and he's got his neck in like this fucking like 1950s head brace contraption thing. And it's like, it's, it's as bleak as it gets. I mean, this is episode one. Fucking QB1 shredded his fucking spinal column. And then Coach T is just coming in to to really set the stage that, you know what? Get the fuck up. Well, I guess Street can't get up. No, he will never get up. Figuratively, yeah. get up, Street. <laughs> Don't physically get up, but figuratively get up. And that's how we know it's go time. It's on. And it's on for this show, and it's on for this fucking Vicarious Living podcast. Fuck yes. I am so jacked up to be taking this journey with you, Pipes. And I'm so ready. So kids, tuck on in. Fucking tuck in and sleep tight. And what Pat wants to tell you is... Clear eyes, full hearts, do less. Follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.